This is a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. Find us at k103.se. Due to copyright, the music is shortened. Oh my god, we're approaching 30. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Useless. <laughs> Let's try this again. Thank god this isn't live. Hey, 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 hello and welcome. You are currently listening to another episode of your favorite talk show at K103, the show about nothing where we talk about everything and nothing and no topic is taboo. We are very excited that you all found your ways here into the studio. I am currently talking. My name is Marie and I am here with my lovely co-moderator Fatima. Welcome. Yes, thank you. And... uh, yeah, we are awesome. <laughs> we we love to talk, <laughs> but we also like to invite special guests to our studio. And we are today joined by two lovely male voices that are joining us for our show. And the first of them is sitting right in front of me. His name is David Liljeqvist. He is a skater, a hobby DJ, <laughs> a plumber and an artist. And he's here to share some stories and thoughts about uh, the topic we have in the show today. But yeah, first of all, welcome, David. Thank you so much. Happy to have you here. How have you been? It's so nice. I actually drive back from uh, Hisingen to here. It feels so good. Yeah, perfect. Great. Have you ever been on the radio before? Uh, yeah, maybe. Sometime when I was younger, I was playing a band, saxophone, and oh, we were at uh, Hisingen. Wow. So, so it's not a first timer, no, but it's a uh, second time. Yeah. Cool. Happy to have you here. Thank you. So also add saxophone to the list of things. Yeah. Also, does. you know, the the <laughs> the long list of uh, special talents David brings to the studio is just been added with saxophone skills. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have with us today our second guest and stand-in moderator with the name Nesim. He is a known voice at K103, and he was usually guiding us through a music show that was called the taste of my country and uh, i think that show recently came to an end but he is up to new stuff yeah yeah it was a good show you can still re-listen on the mix cloud but he's up to some new stuff so he is now entertaining us on tuesday nights at 10 p.m with his new show which is called jazz your mind up so go check it out guys welcome ness and happy to have Thank you here today you. i'm super psyched to finally be in the show about nothing especially because i think we tried i don't know two three times at least already (laughs) it was i mean it was corona time and yet i was still very busy with my thesis so finally uh finally it uh, happened and i think it's awesome because we're gonna talk about a topic that is uh, very interesting from my perspective and uh super happy to be here thank you very much very happy to have you here yeah i'm also excited to Mm. get started and uh, I think it's time that we maybe reveal the topic Um, drum roll drum roll (laughs) exactly yeah you're in for an interesting one I think you're in for a treat we will be talking about drugs and how to exit drugs so uh, for those of you who've been following us for a while we can say that we've been already talking about all sorts of addictions and habits in our last season um, that can be also re-listened on the Mixcloud, but today we're redoing the addiction episode by talking about drugs and especially how to get out of drug abuse. And um, yeah, we're in for some authentic stories. 
Oh my god, we're approaching 30. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Useless. <laughs> Let's try that again. Thank god this isn't live. Welcome back. Yeah. I'm Thank just going to get uh, straight uh, into it again. So during the, the musical break, you mentioned... Um, so we will be listening to some of the music that you've chosen and you just told, told us that you kind of associated with drugs. Um, yes. And you mentioned London or England. Yeah, London, yeah. So is there like in your life, do you have a connection to London? And No. No, not at all. No, that's the only the, the scene about dubstep and UK house. I think it's that the ground comes from England. So, yeah. So... um why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Like, who are you? Where do you come from? So, What's your story? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, uh, I'm David Lillekvist. Uh, my name is David Lillekvist. And uh, I'm 29 years old. And I'm actually proud. Today is actually the ninth month of sober. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes, wow. it's nice. today. So, it's perfect. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. So, the team today is about addictions and uh, but you can talk about addictions for so long time but i want to start about what's happened before everything about this this is mm-hmm. i am from uh, Schoen. it's a small island outside gothenburg yeah nice place have you been there no but i've a friend who's uh, actually did uh, some research over there because it's a science research i think Apparently beautiful place. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. So it's lots of cliffs, boats, and uh, yeah. A typical beautiful West yeah. Coast place? Yeah, nice. Sweet, perfect. Swedish uh, sweetheart nature. So it was not the best place to drive a skateboard for me. <laughs> but um, we, um, we have our little small skateboard, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, you, you need to help me out. Like I can't no, t- no take worries. my whole life story like this, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. we can start. Say like I'm from Sean, and uh, I have been working in hotel restaurant mm-hmm. uh, in the first uh, first first years of my life, and uh, at the same time I was studying to be plumber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was skateboarding, doing like an. Uh, a dishwasher guy, small chef, how to say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and I was really into it to be a party boy mm-hmm. when I was really young. Can you give us kind of um, an age uh, frame here? So I always think I was start to drink when I was 16 years. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was twice the first time when I was 15 but 16 like years having had your connections because in Sweden it's not that easy to get maybe I don't know I'm not from Sweden but you can't really buy alcohol at that time so you need to know your people mm. to <laughs> supply yourself with or I don't know how it is in Sharn but where I grew up I'm from a small village we just had a local home made alcohol oh, pe- yeah. like a, a moonshine guy oh wow uh, the moonshine guy yeah the moonshine guy <laughs> no we don't use that no <laughs> yeah we uh you found your ways around. Yeah, we found our ways everywhere. I can't take everything. No, you don't, everything you don't reveal your secrets. <laughs> yeah, no. This is not Lil, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so we were uh, start to drink a lot and drive skateboard. And I was really in contact with uh, cannabis when I was really young. Mm. I think the first time I was smoking was 15 years or something. Mm-hmm. And I also want to say it's the first time I'm recording... Mm some kind of uh, story about myself in English and actually talking about myself opened. 
with We're open really, mind really like this thankful. way. So yeah. you're gonna help me out when I <laughs> get stuck in emotions yeah, and so everything. Yeah, so yeah. thank you. Thank you. But uh, I'm um, route skateboard, route skateboard, and uh, smoke weed, drink a lot. But I'm felt like some days that this is this is not me. My mm-hmm. mother has actually uh, not teaching me this. Like David, you can't be out doing mm-hmm. like this, mm-hmm. everything and uh, smoke and drink so much, and and it, it gets so much. How to say it in say it in swe- Swedish? His uh, consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. about everything. Did you feel like you were having almost like a, how do you say like a, not a double life, but um, some kind of like you know you have your parties with your friends and so on and like skateboarding drinking smoking weed and then you you just come home and you don't want like your mom to know that you've been doing this so you act like as as if you were just you know just having some fun with your friends you don't want her to know that you've been doing those bad things that she wouldn't like teach you to do or something yeah actually that's it that's just a part of uh, the the we we're gonna do a little we have a little background noise here at the moment so we're there just we gonna go. close the windows which happened right now yeah. <laughs> now we can go back to the sorry to interrupt you guys yeah so uh, actually that's a part of everything that everybody who is addicted they are living like a double life mm-hmm. uh, they are the best uh, actors How to say it? Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So they are really good at hiding uh, or making it as everything is normal, mm. and and to find the best ways and the small hidden hidden places to like you know act as if everything is normal, but because you don't want to disclose to you don't want like to to show it to the to your environment. You just it's like it's your thing, and you want to hide it, uh, sort of. But uh, can I ask a question on that? I'm just wondering. Doesn't it depend on? I I don't I don't know a lot about addiction when it comes to drugs and alcohol. But aren't there different contexts in which you would consume? So if you uh, if you're out on the party scene every day of the week, then you know uh, maybe you're not really hiding it. But Very true. If you're, It's true. Yeah. Uh, but then I. I listened to a documentary about a woman who was going on with her life, but she was drinking on, like she was working in an office and drinking every day. And, mm-hmm. and she managed to hide that. She was mm-hmm. feeling like the shame, but yeah. So the different scenes for it. Yeah, that's really true that, uh, that you said that because in the skateboard scene, I, th- I thought that everything was so, so okay that you can go out every day and drive skateboard, drink some people beer we have in Sweden, 3.5 mm-hmm. beers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have a secret mm-hmm. pre-rolled in your pocket and you like sneaking around, recording skateboard and yeah, and come home late nights, wash your body because you have felt everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you are, and you are all so high and uh, up in alcohol. But it's, yeah, it's, that's the best you were talking about that. Uh, then it's, In the skateboard scene, is much more okay, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I always think that, but now when I'm a little yeah. bit older, then it's then it's not so okay. But, but when you like 16 year old, you felt like it was like a very cool thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's also this uh, sort of uh, like acceptance that we're seeking. I think that's, in my opinion, like a lot of a lot of uh, the reasons why we start doing those, you know, stuff that seem to be kind of, you know 
the, 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 the cool thing to go for is because we want to be part of this cool group. And I think when you're in high school and you don't know yourself and you don't know mm. what's your limits, what's your likes and your passions and so on, you really want to like, you know, fit in, like get into the group. And I think the best way of fit in the group is to do what the group does. Mm. And yeah. if yeah. a group is doing skateboarding while, you know, recording, having fun, laughing, smoking weed, I mean, in my opinion, even looking back at what I did, you know, just as, you know, just like having fun, you know, smoking weed with some friends, you know, it's, it was cool times and so on, you know, but I guess probably you can say today, uh, David, that it is one thing when you're like in high school, but then there is kind of like different roads that you take that will maybe change the way you are, you know, uh, exposed to drugs probably. I find it really interesting. I mean, it's also the time, this age when you experiment because you want to get to know like your limits and you want to get to know who you are, or who you maybe can be. And it definitely depends on the context, I would say, where you are, I don't know, at the moment. Um, but we were also looking up some uh, numbers uh, and like the people, the, the biggest age group that is actually, I don't know, actively taking in different kinds of drugs is the group of people between um 24 and 35 mm -hmm. so that's like uh yeah that's like maybe also the age when you i don't know like in this transition of your life going from like i don't know being a kid and growing older becoming a more serious person in some kind of way and uh, i also found it interesting to, which might now be a complete coincidence that we have two uh, male guests talking about this topic here in the studio but also it said that actually um three quarters of uh, people who are affected by uh, like drug abuse and drug addictions are very likely to be male mm -hmm. um which i also found interesting which is maybe another thing we can also get to i don't know talking about if, why that could be what what reasons could be there For that fact. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm right now uh, referring to uh, facts from a website that's called European Monitoring Center for Drugs and Drug uh, Addiction. Mm -hmm. So I didn't make up those numbers. <laughs> If anyone wants Which to have a you, fact Marie? check. <laughs> I, do you, maybe do you want to play a song before? Or? I can play a song. Okay. We actually have uh, some music that uh, David was selecting. So uh, it's uh, a track. Uh, it's called Vibrations. We're going to play it and he can say something about it after we've all heard it. We're going to be right back. Enjoy. Oh my god, we're approaching 30. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Useless. <laughs> Let's try this again. Thank god this isn't live. You're listening to K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. Here we go again. This is the show about nothing and we are talking about how to exit drug abuse today with our two guests, Nassim and David. We just listened to a track that was called Vibrations by... F-Word. F-Word. Nice. <laughs> What's the... Is there a story to that song? Why did you pick that song? Uh, I don't know, actually, because it's so pumped up the bass is so good and mm -hmm. it's felt nothing it's not like the avicii house it's much yeah. more like uh, some dubstep uh, uk and shit it's it's a really really nice song so yeah it's felt a uh, really training song maybe you <laughs> yeah, can, can work, work, work out yeah 
Yeah, yeah. We, we were talking about that last week about what can music make you feel and yeah. uh, for yeah, what yeah. Uh, occasions do you listen to music. So add that to your workout playlist and you're gonna <laughs> be real pumped up. Yeah. <laughs> and the UK is definitely the coolest uh, in the whole, uh, the coolest country in the whole like house scene because they were the first country to introduce house in the 80s and that's just in the 80s yeah wow. like it was born in in detroit and uh, and then it just it just traveled to europe and it just it was just in the first time it was in the uk and then it just spread it around around europe yeah. yeah that's cool it's not that old um i wanted to so just before we had our musical break we were talking about um 16 year old you and um skating and like how that um it, it felt normal to do drugs in that scene with your skate skater friends yes <laughs> um and then you were mentioning uh, in the break like okay but after that you kind of got into you finished your you finished school and you got into working life yes that's um, correct and you maintained um like you you maintained you kept working so you had a normal nine to five job kind of Yeah. Or or I don't know, seven to three or whichever hours you're working. <laughs> but like, yeah, so you did that. And then you still maintained the drug um, addiction or abuse after that. And you were saying how you felt like an actor having the yeah. double life. It was like work like plumber, seven in the morning to four p.m. Mm. So and after that, it was go straightly to the skate ramp, smoke weed. And sometimes... If you don't have the car, you can actually drive. Uh, you can't drive the car if you're uh, drinking, but sometimes then you smoke, and then you rest on your your uh, friend's couch. And mm. 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 but uh, so my qu- my question regarding this is: um, this, Did anyone notice this? Because uh, I mean, every day smoking and drinking, and then like you must have been kind of. Uh, Um, worn out and like wasn't it visible to your colleagues at work or like anyone did anyone react to this I, I think like I, it was not so much it was like uh, not that you get drunk drunk like you have some beers mm. then you smoke a little bit weed mm. and after that some days maybe you do, don't do it, don't do it that, and mm. that was the thing that I don't felt like I'm so addicted Yeah, mm-hmm. it yeah. was much more worse than the alcohol when you get to the weekend and you get really fucked up mm-hmm. yeah. and you mm-hmm. get consequences but after that when I'm finished school and everything and uh, I'm really like ah, I really want to finish this mm. but, but how to do it because we were talking about a little bit about uh, how how to connect with other people uh, without alcohol so mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. I felt so yeah. much out the scene People mm. don't invite me if I don't drink more. Yeah, problem in uh, society, I think, because it's like, why would you have to be the one to explain that you? Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Like the way you need that to you justify not drinking, yeah, rather than justify. But you also yeah. have to justify. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So I was trying to everything like always like trying to learn to drink, and that's really hard to learn to drink if you can't do it mm. uh, that you have you are like this kind of sick person that you have have you you can't drink there's this no problem what do you what does that uh, what do you mean by saying you can't drink mm, I, i'm gonna say it in swedish then it's much uh, easier that, that y- I, I, c- i could be that guy who's going to a, a party 
mm-hmm. and take two, three beers. Mm. But I felt like some sometimes I can do it maybe one 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 time, two times. But the third time it was like five or ten beers. After that, weed. Mm. Uh, after that, mm-hmm. you so st- spiraling st- into yeah. something. Mm. So, so that I'm I'm trying to explain is this how this beroende sjukdomen is can it somebody is I trying to suppo- isn't it like addiction yeah yeah it is addiction yeah yeah did you feel like you could never just uh like keep how do you say like one or two beers is one thing but this was always leading to more and then the cascading effect of like beers more beers is like then we and then like ending up on the couch and then like this will repeat and it's getting more and more i would say like uh accentuated kind yeah of. that that's kind of the how to explain addict for me mm. is that you are using mm-hmm. and after you have using little bit that you can't stop using mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and after after that you can't stop using mm-hmm. you feel uh, you feel shame bad you mm-hmm. uh, maybe have got a lot of consequences mm-hmm. then you like have monday tuesday wednesday think about it and then you figure out like oh david it wasn't so bad right yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. you just yeah. like down downsize like yeah. the the problem. And then you start lying to yourself and mm-hmm. that you get that behavior that you really wants to do you think about Maybe it's gonna be perfect to be at the skate ramp again, mm. smoking weed. Mm. Because you also want to feel better, and in yeah. a way, this also you, when you feel ashamed and you feel, I don't know, worried about your own behavior, maybe then you also want to escape that kind of negative thought. So you maybe think as well, oh, if I do it again, then I can feel for the moment while I drink or Absolutely. while I smoke or while I skate and do all this. I can forget those worries and then it's, you know, we want to make us feel better. So maybe that's also a reason why we go there. I, I was would, actually, I was wondering if it's not, um, rather than forgetting that mm-hmm. it maybe is, I can do it better next time. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I want to be best at this way because it's, I want to be best at drinking. I was thinking like, I really want to show my parents and my friend that I can drink. Mm. So like in a controlled way. Yeah, in yeah. a controlled yeah. way. So I was starting to like, starting to only drink beer, only drink wine, only smoke. And I was trying so much things, but in at the same positions, I I re- really realized that I get stuck in, in the same place, at mm. the same couch, mm. hangover, yeah. mm. felt shame and everything. So mm. I don't know how to <laughs> explain it uh, I think perfect it was, in English. But it, it was, was actually really very good, understandable. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I get exactly what you, you mean. And and it's uh, I think it's what you were talking about right now is definitely like the core of what addiction is. Is like this, like repeat like this this cycle that repeats yeah. without really feeling like you have actual control of 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 it even if you can convince yourself that i can i can have control and then you try to have this control and then this control is actually not controlling <laughs> anymore yeah, yeah. and then it's just it just okay next week it will be better and then next week and next week and i guess i think the worst part is probably those um this whole like five days working period where probably uh, you have those you know how do you say like not negative thoughts but more of this 
as you say, shame and, you know, feeling guilty. Like maybe you said to your friends that, you know, uh, to your parents that, oh, no, I had a very normal weekend and so mm. on. But deep down, you know, it was not a normal weekend. It was the same thing that was happening over and over. And and then you won't tell like other people and like everything is, is actually going well, but it's not. So there is this uh, this mask kind of. Mm. So, yeah, I, I really get uh, what you mean. And I think it's a good, uh, good, uh, good explanation of the whole issue behind this addiction. I found I found it um, interesting as well to think about how does it happen that you uh, maybe, you know, slip into drug use with this. Like, I'm just curious. I just want to try it. And then you maybe develop it further to this like i'm taking it because i want to escape reality or yeah. i want to you know i want to prove myself that i can do something better but you somehow like never do and then you know you go for this but next time i can do better and when you make it to the point to actually realize i can't stop it anymore like i want to but i can't what happens at this point i think that's a very interesting uh, turning point as well yes i was how to get back to the story that i was like around 20 years mm -hmm. then I was realized that David you have you have serious problem you're mm -hmm. gonna you have to really take control of this you can't live like this mm -hmm. so uh, did you realize that by yourself uh, also by myself and also by my mother she was mm -hmm. like David I will I wouldn't want to be honest with you uh, how you drink and what kind of consequences that you that you giving our family and us and yourself and uh, that uh, that you are you are alcoholic. Hmm. That's a problem. Hmm. And that kind of uh, smoking weed you're doing that, that, that's not not even legal. So quit yeah. doing that. Yeah. So so uh, yeah, I was I think I was around 20 years old when I'm really uh, felt like uh, how to say it um, something is wrong. Yeah, now nah, I at my I I. Say it in Swedish. Yeah, um, acknowledged or uh, yeah, for um, myself that yeah. I got problem, serious yeah. problem. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, so then I yeah. What happened? Can I like so you're 20, um, and now today you're 29. Yes. Um, there's so there's a lot of time between yeah. 20 and 29, and I'm, it's really I mean you're nine months sober again, which is amazing. Yeah. Like so after that it was like uh, it was uh, some years that I was starting to do more in the rave scene so mm. actually the 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 party has been a little bit harder harder so the music was a little bit more harder and uh, we also find out this uh, perfect little pill ecstasy yeah <laughs> so yeah. and when that kind of a gate was opened uh, and it uh, really uh, starts for me to fuck up actually. Mm. So how to, I was so much uh, thinking in my head, now I need to down a little bit. So I was, I know this summer I has been uh, partying the whole summer mm. and I was traveling to Stockholm for doing a work at uh, uh, a big construction. Con construction yeah. Mm -hmm. So one night when I'm gonna go to, s to bed, I was felt so much uh, bad feelings everywhere. So I was like, I, I really need to quit this. Mm. And I was start quitting this, 
but I, I don't find a solution for nothing. So mm. after that, I, uh, I, uh, oh. <laughs> we can take a little break. We can yeah. take a break. Oh my God, we're approaching 30. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Useless. <laughs> Let's try that again. Thank God this isn't live. Yeah, you're listening to K103 Gothenburg Student Radio with the show about nothing and the very exciting topic of how to exit drugs today. In the studio with us today are David and uh, Ness and us. The most amazing <laughs> person, as you said in the very beginning. Mm. We're amazing. We're amazing. <laughs> I hope you share that opinion. That was very accurate. <laughs> I, I second that. Yeah. So we have been talking uh, about David's story for most of the time so far. But we also have Ness here as a guest who wanted to share his take on an authentic story about um, drug abuse. So the floor is yours. I'm yeah. very happy to hear what you brought here today. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's um, definitely in the scope and in the follow up of uh, uh, David's uh, story um, uh, for my best friend. Uh, Remy, who, so it's it's a it's a bit different, but you can you will hear that it converges in uh, you know in some part of the stories. But I guess uh, my my best friend uh, Remy, he he uh, five six seven years ago fell into a really really hard addiction of uh, uh, like codeine and uh, heroin and anything that was uh, as potent as those drugs, which is very interesting because. I guess those drugs, you know, when you hear them, it's like, you know, it's like bad, bad at the top, you know, kind of. Mm. But I think that's just the way we perceive stuff because maybe when you're a smaller kid, you would say, think that cocaine is like, you know, the, the, the most crazy thing that you could never imagine doing. And then you grow up and then you realize that it's, you know, next door or something, you know. Mm. Um, and I guess so for him, it was, uh, I would say, more on... Uh, how we've been trying because of course there's the whole like you know getting to know his addiction being you know super scared because he got like overdoses and so on i think what has been a very big struggle in the past two three years was what should i do as a best friend and yeah. how is how was how was the family involved how was his other best friends involved and And what is the tone that we have? We need to have with the person uh, when when you know that he's been taking something mm, and he's yeah. obviously lying and so on. And and then you realize that it's it's so much more complicated because you are on the other side of the wall where you know you think it's just you know an addiction that you can just you know say okay no I don't want to do yeah, this drug anymore and just and stop it just and stop it yeah yeah and um. And I guess I think the most important thing is is to to understand what is at the at the core and at the depth of of this this addiction. And sorry for interrupting. Uh, I just I just want us to say once again that it is considered uh, an illness. Like uh, absolutely, uh, yeah. And um, don't forget it. That's absolutely. Yeah. That's that's the most important thing. Mm. And and I and I can do this analogy with my other best friend that is uh, has bipolar disorder i saw this su such the same behavior and it was just not accepting yourself as a, as a person that has an illness mm. that will have this illness for your entire life and that's where like the biggest acceptance is so hard yeah because that's the reality that's uh it's gonna be for your whole life 
and you will have relapses and you will have moments of weakness and so on. And I think that's the hardest part to accept. And for uh, as a as a friend, then as like to accept. I mean, I I suppose it's hard for the person being in there. But as the friend, can you accept um, that they are going to have this struggle for life? I think uh, I think it's a very interesting question. Mm. Uh, I would say that because I'm not there with him mm. on all the time, mm. uh, it's hard for me to to put my position in either accepting or not accepting. I would say that I understand that it's much more complicated than than that, and it's going to take some years. But I think mm. his girlfriend, that actually is now his ex, and that happened just a month or two months ago. Oh. Mm. That was the biggest. Uh, that was the biggest uh, on her shoulders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because she accepted it everything from the beginning. That but is... in the end, she she just said that she just can't because she was waking up every morning, you know, just feeling is he die? Is it like is, is he, he dead? dead? Being very yeah. worried. Yeah, yeah, because he had overdose in the middle of uh, the nights in his sleep, and he's been following like an addictologue and and you know a therapist and all of that, mm-hmm. but there was something missing and I think the something missing is within him mm. and within him it's sometimes I ask Remy I'm like but what is th- what is this for you what does this mean for you this whole like you know this your life and your your surrounding your family how do you how do you value those relationships and how do you associate the, them with your your addiction and those becomes more like you know more philosophical question mm-hmm. and more you know why do I is this related to unhappiness it is related to unfulfillness something is missing but i do remember something that he told me once and i guess it has to do with when you go for harder drugs and that was that was shocking for me but he said after the first time he took uh heroin he said he saw the world like with a gray filter and to be very honest like so you know suddenly Mm. the whole world (laughs) was like you know downgraded Hmm. And that with uh, the drug, it's you know better heightened. heightened. Oh, okay. And and I guess you can you can you can really understand why this drug or drugs yeah. in general have you know people can be a bit scared like about them because you know it's like is it irreversible you know does it mm. ever irreversibly change the like the way you see the world the and your world. reality yeah because there is this like illegal stigma to drugs and there's yeah. very like there's a lot of like lack of knowledge out there about drugs as well because you since they are illegal you are not talking about them and then when you meet the person who is maybe addicted or like in touch with those drugs like i think it's something that people really don't talk about so much and that's why it i don't know stays this kind of shady topic that is also you know scary in a way and i think for me as a person that is maybe not involved with people who are and having an addiction or maybe i'm not aware of the fact because they don't talk about it um for me it's the same like i would i would i would understand that ex-girlfriend being like worried and being i don't know having this opinion of this is like very big at the same time i think it is very very important to have people to 
to talk to and to have a network of people you can turn yourself to. And if that's not in your family or not in a relationship you have, then it is very important that there is places where you can go and you can, you know, turn yourself to someone because you need someone maybe to, you know, talk to and to uh, get some feedback and to get some support as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I I want, in my experience, I'm going to bounce on something you said about what we're talking about. Yeah. In In my experience... Like, I mean, we do discuss drugs, mm-hmm. uh, but in a positive way, kind of. Yeah, that seems like to the be the tendency. Mm. And the taboo part would be the negative aspects yeah. of drugs, uh, which becomes an issue because then people who ha- are struggling aren't... Yeah don't have the the um room to express like it's not a it's not we don't talk yeah. about drugs as we talk about headaches because you know yeah know. also but we don't take a, i think we also don't talk about um drugs as like let's say chemical substances and and pills the same way we do take about uh, talk about alcohol because alcohol is this very you know legalized Legal, thing yeah. in our society but it can fuck you up in a similar way if you know yeah. over consume it and you get addicted so yeah um, I have uh, a question for both of you mm-hmm. uh, that because I'm I'm a bit curious uh, because I also have family members that are uh, currently or have been uh, in addicted to drugs mm-hmm. um, and I was discussing this with Marie earlier in the cafe about codependence and like how like when do you what do you do as a person next to someone who's in trouble with like uh, addicted to drugs yeah very good question um i guess it's uh i think for my personal experience um i can tell you the very easy example this summer when i learned that um that he had like a so he had like four days of actual like a complete uh, psychosis so he was he was actually completely uh, how do you say um he had this episode he was just saying random stuff and was completely you know yeah. incoherent and mm-hmm. it's because he took s- what was the thing that he took something whatever they had to take him to the emergency mm-hmm. and i have to tell you that because we had been you know we had been talking about this like you know in the past few years and we had so many talks and so many discussions about the whys and the okay what is going to happen and so on that when this happened and that actually unraveled the fact that when i thought that he was actually uh, uh getting better and like you know really following his treatments because he used mm-hmm. like substitutes from his doctor it was it was it was completely not true and there were like a lot of lies that started to build up Hmm. And and I was and I was paralyzed when we saw each other for like a, a coffee because I could not like ask him like mm-hmm. okay but like what is happening like you know I it just I didn't have the words because I felt that it would have been you know either repetitive or something that he would have either you know just not because he minimizes a lot all yeah. the things that happened mm-hmm. and especially the overdose he always talked about the overdose as like oh no I just uh, had just a mistake the dose for like a higher dose or something. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So there's been a lot of minimization and I know that a lot of his, you know, close uh, friends are all over him. So for me, I kind of froze and I was like, okay, it's not the right moment to talk about this, I guess. And I will see. And and now he's he, he's uh, he's uh, broken up with his girlfriend. So we say, okay, we need to Skype and like, you know, because mm. I know it's going to be hard for you now. And I think this is this. Um, that's the thing. He was in this relationship, and I didn't feel like my word was going to have an impact. So to get back to your point, 
I think it's it's hard because I don't seem to find the right, uh, you know, the right degree of what should I talk about, how bad should I talk about it, like how mm. is it like something that I should ha use bad word and hard word, like mm. you know you're letting down your friends mm. and blah blah, or should I guilt him him even more, or or you know take okay. a bit more perspective and so on. But that's the difficult part, like the approach. It, the approach yeah. is the most difficult part. But if I can like conclude on on the solution, because David was very much. Uh, prone to talk about uh, eager to talk about the solutions yeah. mm. in my opinion what i was what we talked a lot about uh, between each other in the past few years it was just okay remy now you have to learn how to relive your whole life for the next you know 40 60 years without this because mm. your reality has been in the past seven years with this it's gonna be like so hard to live some like a new life. You could you you could just have this analogy with you know having a long relationship for seven years or ten years, mm -hmm. and it's yeah. only this person is gone. Yeah, yeah. That's just huge, like on the on the mind, on like on the personality, yeah. on your on your shoulders, and that's kind of has like this. It's like I really like that analogy. I, I mean, yeah, I, really I mean, think it's like that's a very good description. Yeah. So that's basically yeah my point. Yeah, I, I think it's the. Uh, so much easier to to the to be a family member that you were talking about if you can understand the drug if like you can like understand alcohol understand alcohol but that you do you, your friend we're talking about was uh, uh like uh, codeine right yeah mm -hmm. yeah so that maybe then it's not so easy for you to understand that mm -hmm. kind of drug absolutely if you said like if that you had your father like drinking really much maybe you can like talk to him like dad please maybe we can do something other than go uh, go to this par those parties or something but you can't like uh, talk about that uh, so easy about uh, yeah. coding that's Co very true yeah understanding the addiction per se is so so also like important and when you can't really understand it it's so hard and that's why i was reading about you know those type of addiction, heroin addiction and codeine addiction, I was actually reading about what is what is really happening with the person's behavior and so on, and it's it's so hard to 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 understand because it's it's you can't put yourself in the body of a person that is feeling this. Yeah, so sure. so that's why it makes it very very hard to you know to know your place as a as a friend. Like, am I really? able to have an impact but i guess uh i was reading at least it was really nice uh, statistics that said that most of the people that it's a bit sad as well but most of the people that manage to get out of uh addiction are the people that have the most support yeah. from from the you know whether it's it can be it's it can be family but it can be also any type of support yeah. But they do have the support, and uh, you could, you could, uh, you could. I think it was from a statistics from the French Insee or something. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so basically, they they saw this correlation. Support is 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 definitely like if you can only have just support as just like you know being there for the person. That's already something. That's yeah. huge. That's the best way, I think. That's yeah. the best yeah. way. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you very uh, for this insight. Thank um, you very much. I would like to play a song at this point. Focus by Joyride and we'll be right back. My Lord, hallowed be thy name. Be thy strength to guide me. Oh my God, we're approaching 30. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Useless. <laughs> Let's try this again. Thank God this isn't live. And we are back. This is the show about nothing. 
on K103 Student Radio. Um, we are talking about drugs and how to exit drugs. And just before the song, we had Ness share a story about um, yeah how it can be to be friends with a person being addicted. And um, thank you so much for sharing your story here today. Thank you for having me. It was uh, very nice to have you on the show. It yes. is unfortunately the moment to say goodbye to you now. Thank you, K103. And <laughs> thank you, the show about nothing, to both of you, because a uh, real pleasure to be on it. And I think I will... Come back. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> we'll invite you I back. I will, definitely. Yeah. And a uh, very important thing to say, um, congratulations, uh, David. Uh, it's really awesome that you came and like talk about it. It's absolutely difficult to do something and you said in english so that adds a bit of challenge yeah so yeah i think uh, i can i can applaud to that yes. so thank you yeah, yeah. and uh good luck with uh with the but we will see each other so good luck with the rest thank you so much you're very <laughs> welcome thanks ness bye ness um Thank you, David, and bye. And thank you so much to be <laughs> here. And also, I want to tell everybody that if you got problem, contact me, and I'm gonna describe much more about the solution, what I got, because I got a really, really nice program in my back now, so I can go out and meet other people and drink and be sober. And that was the best thing for me to kind of go out and have fun at the bars again. So yes. thank you nice. so much. Thank Don't you. hesitate, guys. Reach out. Thanks for being here. Oh, my God. We're approaching 30. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Useless. <laughs> Let's try that again. Thank God this isn't live. You've just heard a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. You'll find all our shows at k103.se. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Stay tuned.